What's up, what's up, what's up, you guys? It's your girl, Rachel Joy, aka The Singing Chef. And today I am recording season two of Chef Diaries. Finally, 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 y'all. It is season two, episode one. And today we are discussing my new album, The Singing Chef EP. Um, and the, some of the, not all, but some of the album inspiration, um, between the inspiration for the cover art, the inspiration for some of the songs, um, specifically the leading songs that I plan on releasing in a sequence. Um, some people might call it the waterfall method, um, but it's very tried and true method of releasing music in the music industry. Um, just a little tidbit, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm going to be giving y'all the 411. Let's just put it like that. So that's why it's called What's the 411 Hun? You know, it's kind of a little Mary J. Blige, keeping it real type of, you know, type of attitude marketing. Um, what's the 411 Hun? That's the only thing I know from that rap. Anywho, so yeah, today we're going to be discussing um, three um, specific songs. I'm actually recording myself on a little, ooh, hold on, put this right here. I'm recording myself on B-roll right now um, with my phone and my ring light for Instagram. So y'all are going to be following along on the behind the scenes of kind of how this came to be. This has been an interesting day. Um, I woke up texting my boyfriend, um, you know, and we were just having our little chat. I think he was at work today. Um, And I was just kind of waking up very emotional and I was texting him about just private stuff. And um, he was laughing, we were cracking jokes and stuff. And, um, you know, I just felt like tired and and just very estrogen-like today. (laughs) I just had a lot of estrogen today. And um, I just did not want to get out of bed. And um, I know that I had reserved a spot at my office. So guess what, y'all? I have an office in New York City. I'm not going to give y'all the location. Do not stop me. <laughs> but um, I, it is in Soho. Um, Soho. So I got a cousin. If y'all, if y'all, what, see, here's what y'all don't know about me. Um, some of this is, is a part of the album's inspiration. I ain't got no family. Okay? Like, I might as well be in. A, I was even in foster care as a kid. Let's just put that out there. Um, from birth, my mother tried to give me up um, to go do drugs. And she left me with a white couple. Like coming home from the hospital, she like scoped them out when she was pregnant. When she had me, she dropped me off with them to go get high. And I immediately went to foster care. And it was like this traditional tried and true where, oh man, like, you know, so happy. Like, like you know how people say you should not go looking for your birth family well I ain't had no choice because <laughs> my mother uh they kept giving me back to my mother and my mother was running from CPS because they had threatened to take me away for good um because they she kept losing me and getting me back and I was forced to live among my um my family of origin off of that um when I really should have just stayed in foster care <laughs> and um you know that led to a lot of pain and it led to me having that R&B soul. You know, I loved R&B from a young child and I understood things that I shouldn't have understood at a young age because my family was so cold and so distant um, and just so unsupportive. Like they, they're, they're just blood related. And at this point it's no different than if I wouldn't, than if I would have stayed in foster care. Like nobody likes to talk about how I was in foster care. They like to pretend like they were a real family. And I sung about my pain. I sung about it 
for many, 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 many years. Um, I don't know if y'all heard me on an interview with JS Self Care where I talked about how my mother is my manager. And that's all she was. She was not a mother. Um, she was a little Chris Jenner, um, but even more distant than Chris. At least Chris pretends to be a mom. Um, my mom didn't pretend. She was like an Ike Turner. T- she was like my own, she was more of an Ike Turner um, than a Chris Jenner, if you want to know the truth. Um, she was like a mix of Ike Turner and Chris Jenner. Um, and uh, I sung about my pain for years and years and years and years and years. And I mean, I sung a lot of Mary J. Blige. I sung a lot of Keisha Cole. I sung a lot of K. Michelle. I sung a lot of that stuff. I sung a lot of Alicia Keys, not the new school Alicia Keys, the old school Alicia Keys. She was real R&B. Um, you know, and for me, Alicia Keys, I don't even like her pop stuff. I love her R&B stuff. Like I understood like falling, like I keep on falling in and out of love with you. I'll never lose one way that I love you. Like stuff like that. That was my first like around that time when I was an artist developing that song right there, that I sung the mess out of that because I was singing about my mother. I would, it's not that I was in love romantically with my mom, that's weird, I'm not gonna do that, but it was like the symbolicness of loving someone on and off because I had that biological love for my mother. And I also hated my mother because she was an evil manager. <laughs> she was evil in general. and. Um, you know, she would do a lot of things to try to control my career. And at first I felt like it was worth it because I was getting some attention from people in the local music industry, um, in the Badmage music industry. But when I started to be around maybe 13, things got dry and I hadn't been on stages in years. And when I was 16, I fired her. I'm like, you, you can't be my manager anymore. I'll develop my own sound. Um, you know, I will um, fund my own projects. I will network with my own people. And from 16 years old, I decided to be my own manager. And so for a while there, I was just a singer. I didn't know what my sound was. I didn't know what my identity was. It took a long time to get that jazzy sound that you guys hear on the album. And um, it's really important to make sure that you have your sound as an artist. And it's the equivalent, just to bring it back to the chef stuff, to find your specialty as a chef. I feel like the farther along you go, I feel like when you're working for others, all they care about is what is the scope of your abilities to cook. But I've learned that when you get to a certain point where you have your own restaurant, um, like I, when I first had my own restaurant, it was a little bit of, oh, okay, well, what's the scope of you can do? Put it all out there. Nowadays, people are looking for specific specialties for me. And it's because I'm so established as a chef that they don't really care about the scope as much. They care about, they, they like my opinion on the scope. That's why I'm getting more into food critic stuff and restaurant critic stuff and specializing that with New York City. But as far as like my voice as a chef, you know, someone, actually it was my personal trainer. It was my personal trainer. She asked me, what do people come to you for? What do people specifically come to you to cook? And over the years, I've had lots of fans ask me to cook specific things or try specific things or give them specific recipes. And it, it may come as a shock to people because, you know, I am a black woman. 
um, specifically I'm Creole French and Nigerian. And um, you would think I would only, you know, my specialty would be West African food or Creole Cajun food or not I'm saying Cajun, but Creole food and um, or, or Cajun. I could put that in there, I guess. And um, but no, my specialties are actually Indian. You could say Pakistani, but Indian, um, uh, Mexican, not Puerto Rican, not Latin. Mexican. I, I I can cook the mess out of some Mexican food, okay? It comes very instant for me. And specifically Southern comfort food, okay? Like, this is why if you ever see me sell bread pudding, I sell it by the pan. I don't, be, I mean, I can sell it by the pan <laughs> or the half pan. And if you, if you do order a, a slab, of, a piece of uh, bread pudding for me, it's going to be a big old slab and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to charge you $10 for it. You ain't getting none less than $10 worth of bread pudding for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just, just what it is. Um, you know, and, and I found my voice with that, but it took years in such an intentional process. Um, and it was the same with my music, you know, like I know that I love God. I know that God is the center of my life, specifically Jesus Christ. And I try to make sure that he's at the center of my music, but that's, I don't like where the gospel industry is at. I don't, I don't feel like anyone is really genuine. I feel like everyone is kind of treating it like a business and being churchy, which I was raised in the church. I can understand and relate to a lot of things, but if it ain't genuine or don't have integrity, I'm kind of not with it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, like certain people, I will always love their music. Ja'Kalen Carr, love her. Yolanda Adams, love her. Um... Who else? Who, I feel like new people. I don't like nobody new except for Ja'Kalen Carr. I like the older people in their older music, like Yolanda Adams, uh, Shirley Caesar, John P. Key, Tamla Mann. Those were the gospel pe- gospel artists that also shaped my um, my method for recording music. So a lot of what you're going to hear on the album is a lot of storytelling, a lot of vulnerability, a lot of intentional encouragement, a lot of intentional emotion provoking, emotion provoking. Um, Even when I was recording, I think it was the fall of man, the fall of man actually, you know, and you might hear a little bit, a little bit of the um, creative inspiration because I do not look, I don't care what nobody say, Kanye West ain't no Christian. I don't care what nobody say, you can't be married. It's Kim Kardashian, who's a proud witch, and you know, embrace all that and talk about you know having sex with aliens in your song and call yourself a Christian. Goodbye. I don't. Nope. Uh-uh, sorry, but um, I love Kanye's quote-unquote gospel sound, and that's you know more of like like for example, my record that shall they also reap. It's kind of a um, Kanye West Sunday service type of sound, um, but it's definitely the power style the powerful styling kind of the vocals like uh Yolanda Adams and you know the reason why I did it like that one I really wanted something that would reach um Gen Gen Z you know my my main audience is Gen Z and the millennials uh, and Gen X but I would say as far as percentages go for my music it's Gen Z and uh, millennial for my food it's definitely Gen X and millennial mostly Gen X and um, I figured to to you know to reach Gen Z I had to get into that Sunday service type of sound that old that that 
almost like airy hill song sound it, it just it's just not me like the only people that really could pull that off in my opinion and still have a lot of soul is william mcdowell and i have not heard a william mcdowell record in a minute if you got something new out and i don't know i'm sorry but if it ain't like give us your heart or um spirit breakout or um I won't go back then I don't really I don't really know what else he's put out that's that's more of that hill song stuff with soul I can't sing without soul so that's you know so it's a lot of that power singing in that Shelly also reap and the you know that Shelly also reap is actually like if, if I were to say the original gospel R&B singer <laughs> it is gonna be funny to y'all I don't know if y'all know Maddie Moss Clark so if y'all know, so let me let me put y'all on game because I because I, I I had a talk with my engineer about this in the studio, and um, you know he did not know who Maddie Moss Clark was. If y'all heard of uh, Kiera Sheard, possibly. Um, if you hadn't heard of Kiera Sheard, you may have heard of Sir the Baptist. Okay, Sir the Baptist, um, he dated Brandy. If you, so if you, if you know Brandy, you know Monica, Brandy. Okay, so Sir the Baptist is like. Look, I'm not going to go there with Sir the Baptist because I have a whole lot of opinions on him. But Sir the Baptist is, I guess, a gospel rapper, Christian rapper, um, super churchy. Oh, this dude is, if, if there was like a church, a church boy, like, like, a, like almost like a church boy leader or a church, church boy mascot, it would be him. It would be him. I'm sorry. Like he literally has a track on him, one of his, on his like debut record called church Christian boy charm. Like it, 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 that is so church boy, like trying to mack on females <laughs> type of song. My boyfriend actually, like he was, he was a deacon at the church when I met him and he totally was like, he was so pure. He was like, I got to put the, the Holy spirit between us. Cause I don't want to cross the line. Like <laughs> just so so it's like you know that's definitely a thing but i feel like start go back to start the baptist start the baptist made a song with kiera sheard kiera sheard is the daughter of karen clark sheard now you may have heard of karen clark sheard um she you know she's a little more old school but madame moss clark y'all madame moss clark is the grandmother ha of Kiera Sheard, see so she is the og now she dead now but she was the og of gospel R&B. You go back and look up and see people, see a lot of y'all don't even know who, who Maddie Moss Clark is because y'all be thinking that Twinkie Clark is Maddie Moss Clark. When I actually look up some Maddie Moss Clark songs, y'all be thinking that's Twinkie. No, that that's Twinkie Mama. See, see, the Clark sisters is Dorinda, Karen, Twinkie, and I don't know the other one name. <laughs> and then there's technically five of them. I don't even know that fifth one. That fifth one's very relevant to me. The main one is Dorinda, Twinkie, Karen. Those are the main ones. Karen married a, a, a Bishop Sheard up in Detroit. Um, Dorinda, all I know is that she tried to commit suicide. And I guess like her last, she married a guy whose last name is Cole. I don't know. And then uh, Twinkie. Twinkie was the best songwriter ever. Oh man, I love, see she she kind of is the is the OG of Christian pop, in my opinion. Um, she wrote, you, uh, you, uh, you, you give me the sunshine and you got the sunshine. What is it? You are the sunshine. Uh, what is it? You made my day. Do, 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 do. You came my way. Do, 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 do. Do, do. You hurt me every time I pray. Like she made that. That was that was a big that changed the face of gospel back in what maybe the 80s or something. So Twinkie's the OG. So so Twinkie Mama 
is the originally wrote that Shelley also read was what I'm trying to get to. And um, it is technically a remake of that song, but it is so, see, this is where it's, this is why I love uh, the fact that I went to college because college writing courses will teach you how to take somebody else's work and reword it to a point where it's, it's not even plagiarism and it's and it's just inspired by them. And it's a completely original work that you technically don't have to give them credit for because you were forced to rewrite it in your own way to where it sounds different. And that's what I did with that Shelly also reap. I rewrote and rearranged it so much in in the arrangement, in the vocals, in the lyrics, in, you know, even though I, even though the simple bass melody and the bass rhythm and the bass flow of the lyrics is the same. Um, the arrangement is still different and um, everything else is is pretty much different to where I don't need to get a mechanical license for that particular song. Um, and that shall we also reap. Um, it's, in, you know, that's a part of the Bible where it talks about, um, what was it called? It talks about, um, be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever man. So that shall we also reap. And that goes back to me have that R&B soul. Like, I've been done wrong. That's why people write R&B songs. I've been done wrong by my family, by men, by so-called friends. And, you know, it's been a difficult, difficult process. And one thing I've learned is that a lot of these people, first and foremost, are claiming that God inspired them or God, you know, had their back or bringing God in a mess. And God was not pleased with stuff that they did. God specifically says in the Bible that you can't, you know, go to him and pray to him about stuff when you've done your brother wrong. You got to make it right with your brother. Then go to him or else he ain't going to listen to you. And, you know, that's just the truth. I, I mean, that's somewhere. Where is that in the New Testament? I want to say that's me. It's out of the book of John, possibly. Don't quote me on that. I can't get it specifically, but I, I definitely know it's around that area, either right after the Gospels or in the Gospels, like towards the end. Um, but yeah, so I definitely specifically wrote that about an ex-boyfriend of mine. I used to date a guy who was in the blood gang. He was a blood and um, it was way before I met my current boyfriend. My current boyfriend is sweet as pie. <laughs> he's the complete opposite. He's a nerd, um, but he's like a sweet nerd that got street smarts. <laughs> he's like, he's perfect for me. Um, but yeah, so, um, my uh my ex-boyfriend he was straight up straight up blood had his phone tapped by the feds big time gangster and he did me super wrong i guess he included me in a gang initiation mess and um, i learned my lesson when it came to bloods y'all be watching that stuff on insecure and y'all think that stuff is cute saying brazy and you know bodak this and whatever y'all think that stuff's cute it's not cute that stuff is real and it will kill you and it will destroy you so that's you know and i have been praying and praying and praying i forgave him but i was like god when you gonna give him when is he gonna reap what he sow? when is he gonna reap what he sow? and I, I was actually not going to include anything inspired by that in the album and um you know basically um he ended up dying apparently he died uh i want to say last year it was 2021 and um one of his friends reached out to me i guess out of guilt because they saw that i was living my life and i was happy and um i had talked about at one point how there was a team of people who tried to bring me down but i overcame it and i'm stronger and i'm happy now so i guess out of guilt they were like hey did you hear that jason died and i'm like no i did not know um and with, what's crazy is i asked i was like well how did he die and um they were like oh well 
he was defending a woman, quote unquote, because I guess he was, he called himself, see, this goes back to what I'm saying. You, you can't like, for people who don't want to take accountability for what they did, <laughs> like he called himself meeting a woman that basically kind of looked like me a little bit. It were inspired, kind of, she dark skin. She was a little, little, I wouldn't think when I met him, but you know, whatever. Like she was, she was more of like trying to look like me, I guess. And um, they had a couple kids and, you know, he finally had got himself together because he had dropped out of, dropped out of middle school. And, um, you know, they said he was, I guess, trying to defend her or some type of woman. And the, the man who uh, was trying to, you know, get in that woman's face, followed him home and killed him. And I know there's more to that story because <laughs> I know him had to be another gang member, had to be somebody he pissed off because he doesn't respect women. That man used to put his hands on me. And mind you, when I say man, he was a boy. He was 15 and I was 12. And he did unspeakable things to me. Super violent when the kid had put his hands on me. Super violent, committing all types of heinous crimes against me. Took him to the police. The police let him slide. It was the most, it almost ruined my life when I was a kid. I, I warn all of you in this new generation, leave that gang stuff alone. That stuff is not cute. That stuff is not for play play. It is real and it destroys people's lives. And that's what that song is about. Because at the end of the day, he tried so hard. Oh, he spoiled his, that's what he told me. He spoiled his kids. He was so good to his woman. But he, did he apologize to me while he doing that? Did he run up to me anytime I went out to Louisiana and say, hey, Rachel, I'm sorry. But no, he wanted to change the outside. He wanted to look good to everybody. He wanted to buy his way into into free and forgiveness with God instead of going and make things right with me, humbling himself and say that, saying that he's sorry. And he ended up the same way he tried to kill my reputation and destroy my life. Somebody killed him and destroyed his home. And that shall he also read, be not deceived. Because he, he claimed he was changed. He claimed that, and I was like, man, God, you really gonna let this happen? He just got off scot-free, his life off. No, be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever man so that shall he also read. I promise you that, honey. I promise you that. Um, so yeah, it's definitely, um, it's definitely gonna be a powerhouse song. Um, I wish I had more time to discuss the other two, but I think that we're gonna wrap things up with just this specific uh, song today. I think we're going to talk about maybe eternal love or second chances. In fact, we're probably just gonna break down each and every song this season let's do that let's let's try to do that this season like because you know i'll be i'd be doing stuff of inspiration i plan these things with that you know if, if it's organic i'll include it so i'll take y'all on the journey this season but let's try to break down each song this season i hope y'all got some lessons out of this episode i hope this inspired you creatively as a chef or as a singer um the Singing Chef EP is is releasing Valentine's Day, which is so appropriate. Valentine's Day of 2023 on Apple Music, Amazon Music, and Spotify. Um, so yeah, I love you guys so much. Um, it's been such a pleasure serving you in this way. Be sure, be sure if you're listening on uh, app on Apple Podcasts to rate this podcast, leave a comment because it helps me out so much in the algorithm. And be sure to recommend this to friends if it ever comes up in conversation. I think this podcast is not only good for chefs and singers, but it's also great for people looking for emotional healing, people looking for a different perspective, people who are looking for a voice for things people just don't 
don't want to talk about for women, especially women entrepreneurs, female chefs, and female go-getters. You know, I kind of give you, I know I mainly talk about chefs, but I, I kind of sprinkle some stuff in there for the female go-getters. So anywho, y'all, I love y'all. This has been your girl, Rachel Joy, the singing chef. I will talk to y'all later. Peace.